I onboarded our first customers literally through Zoom within the but, next But how'd you even get connected with them to even ask them to come on Zoom with you? Where'd you find these people? Twitter, man. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Tim Salu. He's the future of work, or he calls himself Mr. Future of Work. He's a founder, investor, and creator, and is currently leading guidegroup.com with an E on the end. It's a new age experience group and collective that owns two brands, Guide and Big Black Tea. All right, Tim, you ready to take us to the top? Well, let's talk, Nathan. Let's get it. Okay, so how do these two things relate? A, a tea company and a and and a guy, you know, a, a team to help a tool to help manage your teams. Nathan, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, first of all, we launched our tea brand last year during we launched our tea brand last year during COVID, October 2021, and we also launched our software platform July 2020 um, as well. As well, I'm sorry, not 2021. I'm I'm in this year, both in the same year in 2020, and fundamentally, you know. We're a tea culture fundamentally, but we also believe that the world needed it due to COVID-19. And when we think about tea, we think it's just complementary to our product, our software product, which is learning. You can learn with tea, you can get better and healthier with tea. And it's very driven on our virtues and values as, as a community-driven company. So that's how we came together with a tea brand and a, and a software brand, man. Okay, so you launched then, you launched Guide Group then in last year, 2020. Yeah, 2020, man. During okay. COVID-19, we launched. So talk to me about going to market. How'd you get your first customer? Man, you know, the it's very guerrilla tactics-wise, man. Dude, I onboarded our first customers literally through Zoom. And we just had deep conversations and said, hey, look, we just launched a product. Do you want to try? Do you want to be our first beta creator and give us feedback? And that's actually led us to being connected with more customers. We're actually still in beta and we're going to be expanding our beta within the but, next But, but how'd you even get connected with them to even ask them to come on Zoom with you? Where'd you find these people? Twitter, man. Okay. <laughs> Twitter. So, so what was the tweet? So the, it was, it was, so it was when we announced our launch and we've already, I've already, I'm a creator myself, so I'm connected to a whole network of creators. So some of it, some of our attraction was through Twitter. And then some of it was just through some of the people in my peer network and, you know, tell them, Hey, we're building a new um, software as a service platform. It's for creators, but it's also, you know, for professional related content. I see you create a lot of that content. Would you want to be a part of um, kind of our early journey? Mm-hmm. Now the website says train your team in seconds. So, so how does this work exactly? 
So yeah, God is unique in a sense that we're really focused on onboarding and training of remote teams. So an HR executive or a training talent manager that's at that director level within an organization can use Guide to onboard and train, let's say, the 10 to 20 people that they're hiring per month or the three to five people that they're hiring per week. And it's really best in the use cases of teams of 10 or up. Got it. And just to be clear, it sounds like you're you're still pre-revenue. Is that accurate? Actually, we're not pre-revenue. Oh, we're amazing. Post-revenue. <laughs> Great. What do yeah. you do? How many customers do you have? So so right now, the, the software is... Uh, so right now, in terms of our software line of business, that's still in beta. And we're expanding the, the beta for customers. But with our T-brand, we've been making money for our T-brand for months now. And it's sold out. That's great. Sorry, just focusing, just so we don't get confused between the two stories. Let's just focus on the software for a bit. So the, the software business is pre-revenue. Yes, the software okay. business is pre-revenue. But you've built a great beta list. How many people are on the beta list, the wait list? Oh my goodness. We've had customers from Microsoft, uh, LinkedIn, how Amazon. Many, how many total though? How many on the list? About 500. Okay. And all from Twitter? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, not all from Twitter. Some of us from LinkedIn as well, because we have an active presence on LinkedIn. And so what are you waiting for? Why not put up a paywall and ask these folks to pay? <laughs> so building software is quite interesting that you have to build it from the ground up. Um, and we're a team of three. So essentially for us, it's, it's making sure we get the platform right, security, reliability. All of that is actually quite important um, in SaaS. And so when do you think you'll launch? So you, we, we, don't, we don't say when we think we'll launch, we're, we're launched. The product is out. Even the consumer tier is valuable. But we're going to be expanding the beta is kind of how we put it um, in the next few weeks for, Tim, for bigger talk, customers. Talk money to me, though, because when you start making money, you can hire more team members and move faster and get your vision into the world quicker. So that's what matters, <laughs> right? So when are you going to launch a paywall? Yeah, so so we're actually going to be launching the, the paywall pretty soon, um, and probably within the next two to three weeks. It's currently okay. we're working on our roadmap. And this is a magical moment. Every founder has to go through, what do you charge the first time you put pricing up? So yeah. what are you going to charge and how'd you come to the, the decision? Yeah, no, I think that's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting question. So we're going to be actually charging for our, it, our business tier because I mean, I don't know how deep your viewers talk about pricing model on the, on the podcast, but we're charging $30 per employee um, for our business tier. But we also have a consumer tier which we're charging $10 to $15 based on an annual and a monthly payment. A lot of you guys will ping me out of the blue at asking for help selling your software companies, but I'm not a broker and I'm really focused on founder path right now, not helping folks sell their companies. So I'm always looking for great tools to recommend for you guys to quickly figure out what you could potentially sell your company for and how much cash you could get. That's where Flippa comes in. Now here's my thing about brokerages, especially for selling your company. You guys should not have to pay a 10% brokerage fee when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building your company for years that have a sale. All smart founders know though that the best way to maximize price is to have multiple options. So how do you get multiple options, multiple bids on your company without paying a broker 10% or more? Well, I recommend Flippa because they have the largest list of buyers for these sorts of digital assets, which almost always guarantees a bidding war. I tell my founder friends all the time to try Flippa's valuation calculator to see what their company is worth. And I encourage you guys to do it today. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Flippa right now to test out the valuation calculator for free. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash F-L-I-P-P-A. Doesn't it make it really hard to go to market if you're trying to you know, sell the consumers and the B2B sales motion where you're selling on a per seat model per employee? 
Actually, it doesn't. It just depends on how you build the platform. Um, when it comes to marketplaces, you have to actually think holistically. A lot of people, when they build marketplaces, they only think about one vertical first. But eventually, if you're going to try to scale, you're going to have to expand. Yeah, so but don't you, model has I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you there. I mean, there are so many marketplaces that try and be everything to everyone on day one, and they never scale versus what you look at like a top towel right? Or design pickle. And they focus exclusively on engineers or designers. And then they expand after years and years of history. You're trying to do two things at once right on day one. Why? Well, the, the reality is that building a marketplace is you have to think from the ground up. You can't, you could, you could do everything on day one, but it depends on how you build the platform. Uh, I don't know. Have you, have you ever built a, a SaaS marketplace? Yeah, we, yeah, Tim, I don't, have you listened to any, just for context, like we've interviewed almost 3000 SaaS founders of which about 180 of them have built marketplaces doing between, you know, call it a million and up to a hundred million per year in revenue. And almost all of them exclusively talk about how they had to monopolize one industry first before expanding into additional marketplace models. Uh, for example, writer access right now started with a writing marketplace to hire writers. And he's just now three years in and over 10 million through his platform last year, now scaling into design. He didn't start with writers and designers. He just started with writers to monopolize it. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about us is we're, we're starting actually with, it's a, it's a hybrid marketplace platform. So it's a bit different than traditional marketplace platforms that focus on one vertical niche to start off because you can still do that, but we have to build a business model to support the platform from the inside out and the bottoms up. So that, so our platform is unique in that sense that when you compare it to like traditional marketplace platforms, it's a little bit off because we don't have to necessarily focus on a vertical niche, which there are marketplaces like that. And some of them are more consumer and to a degree, ours is business to consumer and business to business. Those are two, which that's is the, what, the that's what I'm saying is those are two very different business models. In other words, when you sit down every morning and you think about who, what customers do you want to serve, your time's always going to be split between two very different verticals. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to get a sense of, right? Is, is, how do you think about splitting your time like that? Yeah, you know, it's funny, Nathan, because a lot of people see business to business and business to consumer as like two different verticals. But one of the things I, I would have to say as a, as a business owner is that the same employees that are in businesses, they're also consumers. So it's actually a very false kind of um, perspective. And a great customer case that I could, I could give you is that we have a customer. His name is Tim. He's one of our most popular creators on God right now. He's active on LinkedIn. He's he has a he's a professional in, in this Adventist health healthcare facility. And in addition to that, he's also he also buys into our team brand. Consumer professional fits is a perfect case study for the type of person we want we want using the platform. But you also have to think about he's connected to a network of customers in a B two B sense. So often when you read a lot of articles and blogs, they're like, oh, like consumers and B2B, you got to sell differently to them than you do consumers. And the reality is that, no, there's consumers in the business context and there's consumers who are just consumers. Yeah, Tim, um, I mean, again, I'll disagree with you here. What Really what you're talking about, in my opinion, is bottoms up versus top down. If the employee you just mentioned, Tim, is putting this payment on his personal credit card, you're taking a bottoms up approach where you sell directly to the consumer who's also an employee. He then gets his coworkers to use it. And eventually the CTO or the head of HR at the company is paying 30 per seat for all 10 people that Tim signed up. That's bottoms up versus top down B2B where you're selling directly to the HR manager and you're selling 30 seats on day one. Which route do you plan to go? Well, the reality is that a hybrid model works better than just one. You can go bottoms up and you can go tops down. 
Tim, so, just can't, I mean, I, I, I've never seen someone with a dual business <laughs> model focus on day one have success focus. Well, I mean, obviously, you can't do both at once. That's why you build the platform bottoms up. But the reality okay, is, so that you're going to start bottoms up. Yeah, 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 that, that, that's why we built the platform bottoms up to ensure that it's self service and it scales. And we don't necessarily have to have too much velocity when it comes to a, a direct, like a direct to the business bottoms top down sales model. So, so for us, it fundamentally is like, how can we make this? How can we automate the business as much as possible from even a software experience standpoint? So customers don't necessarily have to always have us handholding them throughout the entire buying and purchasing journey. So how do you go get 10,000 Tims? So, uh, you know, as far as selling to them? Well, yeah. How do you go find them? You got to go get sales. You got to get distribution. Demand generation. You know, gratefully, you know, we've, we've built a really great brand. We were recently featured at Forbes Next 1000. So really, you know, demand generation. We already have a huge network and community um, online through Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Yeah, but so how do you get them us, using GuideApp? I mean, your Alexa rank on the website is 1.6 million. Uh, they only have one inbound site link. I mean, how do you get all that community traffic to your site using your tool? Wait, so there, last question. You said Alexa? Yeah, your your Alexa rank, which just measures unique website views to to your site each each month, is is one is ranked one point six million. There's only one site linking into GuideApp.co. So my question is, how do you take this great community you've built and get them actually on the website using the app? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see, we'll, we'll figure it out. That's that's the part of the journey of the, of the founder's journey. I think for for me fundamentally, I, I don't think we'll have a problem with that because it really starts small. When you already have a community. And you focus on your community, you'll be able to expand beyond that. Yeah, I um, love focus on community. I think it's yeah. a massive moat. So, so I love that about what you're building. Look, we're out of time, but I want to wrap up here with the famous five. Tim, number one, what's your favorite book? My favorite book, dang, I, I read so many. Um, I guess it would have to be the the future. Well, it'll be the book that I'm currently writing right now because <laughs> it's been on my mind. It's called The Seven Habits of, of Dynamic Leadership. Uh, got it. That's what you're currently reading. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm currently reading and writing because I'm living it. Uh, sorry, what do you mean? Is this a book that you're writing or that you're reading? I, so I, I, it's, it's already drafted. So I'm reading it and I'm writing it. Okay. Well, what, what's a book that is not your own book that okay. you enjoy? <laughs> um, the infinite game by, by Simon Sinek. Don't number, know if it's my favorite of all time, but it's one of my, it's, it's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Yeah. I love Ryan Roslansky from LinkedIn. He's a great guy. Um, no. mutual friends. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? My favorite online tool for building the business, Twitter and LinkedIn, because that's where customers and community is. Number four, Tim, how many hours of sleep are you every night? Seven to eight, at that's least seven good. to eight. That's healthy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. what's your situation? Married, single, kids? I am single, man. I'm okay. single, bro. This and how, how old are you? I am 27, man. 27. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Something I wish I knew when I was 20. Oh man, dude, like I was, I'm, I was incredibly creative, but I, I think I never um, told myself that um, I operate based on limiting beliefs. And I think now I embody that a lot more. Guys, there you have it. Guidegroup.com, a T-brand and a software play in the HR tech space, helping teams train their other team members faster. Bottoms up approach, pre-revenue right now on the software side, but putting up a pricing wall here in the next couple of weeks. Tim, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. I really appreciate the opportunity, man.